now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here with my good buddy, Rich Hill. A little late, but better late than never, I always say. Training camp is officially underway. There is actual contact going on, and there's things we can talk about instead of sitting here like idiots prognosticating and trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Rick, let's do this, man. Oh, I'm super excited about it. we got some actual football practice to talk about from the past couple of days. They've been in pads for the past two days of practice. This is fantastic. This is what we've been waiting for. The season's finally underway, and uh, we're already starting to see some... Wait, who is that? Wait, who? I, they're on the team? Sort of moments, and I, that's what I live for. Yep, the who the hell is that guy game was one of my favorite August pastimes. It's usually more fun to do it during a preseason game when there are like three number 24s on the field, <laughs> and you're trying to figure out which one's which and which one's going to stand out. But there's always these little storylines that come out. Unfortunately, to kind of be the turd in the punch bowl, a lot of the times these early preseason storylines don't quite pan out in the regular season. They don't really translate. But given we've been football deprived for a little longer than usual this year, it's really fun to think about these players coming in and getting it done. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that the way that we can break this down for this podcast is go through kind of what has emerged for the Patriots over the past couple of days. I know everyone wants to talk about the quarterback situation, so we'll definitely break that down. Um, but before going into that big piece, I think it's important to talk about who is emerging at the other spots on offense. And I want to start with the offensive line because I'm a big trench guy. And the Patriots really needed to find a replacement for right tackle Marcus Cannon. And there were thoughts, you know, Yoni Kajust uh, was the Patriots' third-round pick last year, and uh, he missed the season. Uh, with a non-football injury in the sense that he had a procedure done prior to the year. And there was thoughts that he was going to take over and then maybe Corey Cunningham, the Patriots acquired in a trade last year. Um, but the in-house leader is Jermaine Illuminor, who the Patriots acquired from the Baltimore Ravens and who played more on the interior side, but he's a big guy and they're having him play on the outside. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I'm, I'm glad he's doing well. It's good to see uh, I was really figured that there would not be a Baltimore Raven there. I figured they'd be these, these their draft pick, Yodney Kajuste. I figured he was kind of the guy that would be stepping in uh, with Marcus Cannon opting out. But he's had a pretty weak training camp so far. He's got the physical tools, but he's not really polished. A couple of bad reps, especially on the goal line, uh, seemed to cause him to be usurped. Obviously, it's still very early in camp, and he can get that roll back. But, yeah, it seems that the Patriots are moving away from their draft pick going to the free agent. Yeah, seriously. And I mean, if there's any player on the roster that fits super nicely for him, uh, or that fits nicely in place of Marcus Cannon, uh, Illuminor is 340 pounds. You know, he, <laughs> he is the perfect fit in that Patriots offense to take over Marcus Cannon. He has that experience. He's played a lot of right tackle before over the course of his career. Uh, so I, I, I'm not too surprised by it. I just didn't even realize he was in the running, but now that he's been there, it makes a lot of sense. Um, Alec, what else have you been seeing on offense? I've been seeing something I've never seen before in the offseason. It's amazing, which I'm so excited about. There's this receiver who's come out of nowhere, and he's totally standing out. And the fact <laughs> that he's standing out in preseason is going to be so exciting when he just lights it up on the field from 1,500 yards and six TDs. Unfortunately, it's not an undrafted rookie the way it usually is in years past when this happens. These players kind of come out of nowhere and just light it up. But there's a third-year player. No one knows where he really came from. Um, but it's kind of just the way that the Patriots 
role and the way that the NFL rolls in the preseason. Um, I don't really know where Devin Ross has been the past couple years, but he was a kind of a practice squad journeyman guy. But Devin Ross has been probably the receiver standout thus far in camp. Yeah, he's been a big speedster guy. He's 5'9", he's a track star, went from uh, the University, or I say Colorado, uh, and he started with the Tennessee Titans in 2018, spent the year with them on the practice squad, uh, and then joined Philadelphia as a free agent for last season's offseason, and then joined the Patriots practice squad in October of last year. And there wasn't really many expectations. I absolutely wrote him off, uh, but he has been the true standout uh, catching deep passes from Brian Hoyer so uh, we'll see we'll see there's no preseason games but that would probably have been the time to solidify his role as that last wide receiver on the roster because you think of who are the locks Julian Edelman Nikhil Harry Mohamed Sanu those are the three locks and then I would say Jacoby Myers has the inside lane just due to his experience with the team last year but there's an open competition with Demir Bird, uh, Gunnar Olszewski, and then, uh, you know, whoever else the Patriots added. Maybe we thought a little bit of Will Hastings, if Jarrett Stidham was going to be the starter. A lot of the beat reporters really like Jeff Thomas. But it seems like Devin Ross would have been that guy if there were preseason games. And so he's taking his opportunities during, the, you know, camp to really shine. And he might actually have that inside lane for that final wide receiver spot. Yeah, it's interesting. I think Olszewski's got an inside track because he's probably in line to be the punt return guy, so that gives him a nice little edge. He's had a pretty good camp as well, actually. Him and Hoyer. Hoyer's actually lighting it up in training camp. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um, uh, there's just something I, I'm always curious about what it is about training camp that allows these receivers just kind of come out of nowhere and light it up. It's just very, very strange. Not you need to page by any means. There are always these players, sometimes running backs, but it's usually some receiver or some tight end that just – dominates training camp and doesn't quite translate. If I was to put on my coaching hat, Rich, if you were to put on your coaching hat, I should say, what do you think it is about these kind of moments in August that allow these players to really make a case for themselves and then kind of fade off down the stretch? Yeah, I mean, I I would say there's a few pieces. One of it is that uh, it's still camp. You know, players aren't necessarily going at 100%. And so, uh, you know, playing against someone like uh, Jojuan Williams is going to be a little bit different than going against Tredavious White of the Buffalo Bills. So Devin Ross is going to be a facing off a little bit friendlier competition during camp than he would in actual games. And then I I also kind of feel like there's a little bit of a street ball sort of situation where you see a lot of these players thrive in like broken situations or where things aren't necessarily as polished. But when it comes to actually playing on the field and playing against higher level, it just doesn't necessarily give those players that same freedom to really shine in the way that they would in the camp environment. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but it still makes for a fun storyline. And every once in a while, you'll get a guy like a Ken Brell Tompkins who's able to make at least a, a go of it out of this. Out of this, And it's always about getting the most out of the reps you're given. You only get so many opportunities to actually make a play with the football in the NFL. And the guys can do it is always really fun. It's kind of a fun storyline to root for. Um, but yeah, that's kind of our, 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 the big standout on offense is Devin Ross. However, uh, I also want to talk about the running backs because obviously Lamar Miller and Sonny Michelle are currently on the pup list. Not sure when they're going to come off, which has opened the door for Damian Harris. People have been kind of scratching their head as to why the Patriots haven't utilized Damian Harris more. They invested a fairly early draft pick on him, and he seems to be in the rotation, and he's had a pretty good camp so far. Yeah, definitely, and I think what's important is that the Patriots didn't need to take Damian Harris last year, and part of the reason why they did it is I believe they had a first-round grade on him the year before. He decided to return to college, but 
he was an extremely productive runner in college and the Patriots loved him a lot. You know, he's kind of a luxury pick where you just add the best players that you can. And he had, you know, his redshirt season last year. The Patriots relied on veterans like Sonny Michelle, who's coming off of a great postseason after the 2018 year. Then you have your Rex Burkhead and James White veterans. And you know what? You lean on them. There isn't necessarily a spot when you add Brandon Bolden, who plays and leads on special teams. So, of course, Damian Harris is going to be that healthy scratch. But with Brandon Bolden out of the picture, that opens the door for Damian Harris to have snaps on special teams he's playing with the return men which is great that'll definitely make him a game day active if he's able to do that but then also with Sony Michelle sidelined that gives more opportunities for Harris to take the field he's also catching the ball uh, out of the backfield too he has eight catches in these two days which leads the entire team in catches and so he is really making the most of his opportunities. In my mind, when they drafted him, he was the ultimate long-term replacement for Rex Burkhead uh, just due to his versatility. But uh, I've seen his running style described, I believe, by NFL Network's Mike Giardi as, quote-unquote, angry. So he has been doing a great job. Uh, and honestly, if, if he takes the, the most of this opportunity, I feel like there are questions about Sony Michelle, his healthiness and his availability, that if Harris is able to remain healthy and able to stay on the field, I mean, I, I would say the fact that they're throwing him the ball means that he'll be a much more dangerous back for the Patriots. Oh, I agree. And I think this year, more than any other year, Belichick really needs to go all in on the, there are a lot of good players on this roster and not nothing but superstars. Because if you're in a position like running back or alignment of either kind, where literally you're just colliding with a guy's face on every single play, you're probably at a greater risk for coronavirus than the guys who are standing six feet away. Not that there's a lot, a huge risk. They're all in the locker room together, but you know what I mean. It's like, I think there, there are certain contact positions that are going to be, there's going to be some guys that get sick. Uh, over the course of the season, however long it lasts. And being able to swap out Sony Michelle, Lamar Miller, and Damian Harris as their early down backs, I think is a very valuable thing for the Patriots. Uh, especially because my personal camp standout, or my not camp standout, but my surprise of training camp has actually been Jacob Johnson. Um, he's apparently had a phenomenal camp. His work ethic is off the chart. He's been noted several times staying after practice, uh, working with the, the, the shields and the, the blockers to make sure he sheds his blocks correctly and he follows his schemes correctly. Um, he's the last man at the position, obviously, so he's the fullback of note until something changes. Um, I think people are very happy with him. Uh, I'm not sure if he's kind of a lock to be James Devlin 2.0, but the coaching staff is very impressed with athleticism. He's very powerful. I guess he put on some strength in the offseason, and it seems like he's ready or as ready as he can be to step up and fill that role. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has a lot of room to grow. He's a very raw player. And he, he, you know, I mean, there was a very obvious drop in production from the Patriots when Jakob Johnson was out and they moved to Landon Roberts last year. And so he definitely has talent and ability, and he just needs to have a little bit more experience in order for that to really shine through. Um, I, I think that when you group Jakob Johnson in with the fact that, uh, you know, Dalton Keene, Devin Asiasi have been doing a really good job as receivers. That gives the Patriots a very well-rounded group of additional blockers. And that'll make the offense run a little bit more smoothly when you're looking at whether or not, uh, you know, Cam Newton is the starting quarterback or not. Which is as good a transition as I've ever heard, Rich. We've gone exactly 10 minutes without talking about the Patriots starting quarterbacks, which I think is a record for anybody who covers <laughs> the capacity. So good for us. Mark it up in the books. Uh, the Patriots quarterback battle obviously has been the conversation of note all offseason ever since Cam Newton came in. Uh, Jarrett Stidham, Cam Newton, and Brian Hoyer have been getting pretty equal reps with the starters, trying to give everybody their fair shot. 
Uh, Brian Hoyer has looked great. Cam Newton looks like he's in as good a shape as any. Uh, he's still learning the system. It's not like he's a well-versed veteran of this offense, so it's not like he can be expected to just step in no problem. Uh, Jarrett Stidham, I think, has been kind of up and down a little bit. He's flashed at times. Uh, he's also done a couple of picks. Uh, there's a couple of situations where he didn't make the right reads. Um, I think three interceptions and uh, out of four at one point. So uh, I think that he's got a lot of work to do, and I'm not sure as of right now who the quote-unquote starter will be, but it's a lot of fun to watch. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is what everyone's been excited to to follow this entire offseason. And it's kind of going what we expected. You know, I, I, I think when it comes down to it, everyone expected Brian Hoyer to be the, the steady Eddie kind of guy in that quarterback room. He has the most experience in the Patriots system. He is the veteran with probably, I mean, I know Cam Newton has the most starting experience, but Hoyer's been around for a long time as well, uh, specifically in Patriots or Patriots-esque systems. So, He's been very consistent out there, and that's what the Patriots expected when they added him. He's definitely in that quarterback competition where, you know what, if he wins the job, he will be anywhere from, you know, a bottom 10 starter in the NFL to a middle-of-the-pack starter. That's what they knew when they got him, and that's kind of what he's performing as in camp. When you have Jarrett Stidham, he could either be a top 10 quarterback or he could just be a complete bust. There's... Uh, an entire range of what is possible with him and it's just completely unknown and he's shown both of those he's shown you know on the first day he was probably the best quarterback out there on the second day he was the worst one and that kind of just shows what ability he has and how he needs to have a little bit more consistency to line up against all of these veterans and then you have cam newton who needs to learn the patriot system when he's at his best he's a top 10 quarterback at his worst he's a bottom 10 quarterback so he gives a little bit more range than brian hoyer but more upside it's just with less experience in that system so when it comes to who's going to be the week one starter it's definitely going to be something to monitor whether you know a cam newton does he get more comfortable in the patriot system b jarrett stidham does he show more consistency or c neither of those things happen and then you got brian hoyer as your starting quarterback yeah, I think we all agree that if Brian Hoyer is the starter, uh, the Patriots are not going to do much this season. I personally, if I had the choice between Cam Newton, uh, or excuse me, Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer, I'll take Stidham just because I'd like to see what we have with this kid. Uh, I feel like if the Patriots do go with Brian Hoyer, you're kind of cursed for like a pick number 17 or 16 in the draft. <laughs> um, which I don't really think is where you want to be, ideally. Uh, I think you'd want to pick it at the very end of the draft because you did very well in the season or early on because you just didn't get it done this year. And I think Brian Hoyer is kind of your 8-8 your eight and eight champion. Um, but I guess time will tell. Again, it's been a couple of days, and everyone is still kind of getting their bearings a little bit. Uh, I've heard very little about Julian Edelman, Rich. He's been kind of limited, I think, with practice. Nothing too serious or anything like that, but I have not heard him, his name being mentioned that much. Herney Edelman news, he still looks as good as he has ever been. He's on the wrong side of 30, uh, well on the wrong side of 30 now. So it's always wondering, well, a guy like that is a little smaller, taking a lot of hits. His prowess really came from the chemistry with Tom Brady. Those guys were in each other's heads all the time. How's he look so far? Any idea? Yeah, I mean, what's interesting to note is that yesterday on the second day of practice, uh, so on Tuesday, he Edelman was present during the warm-up period but left and didn't return. So it's very much an unknown to figure out like what's going on with him. Jeff Howe of The Athletic says that it doesn't seem like a cause for concern, but it's definitely something to monitor. He is up in age. Uh, there is a question of how his rapport will be with all of these new quarterbacks in the house. Um, but honestly, I mean, 
he is the heart and soul of this Patriots offense now with Brady gone, with Gronk gone. Edelman has been that guy who brings the energy for that team. And he needs to develop that rapport with these quarterbacks. He needs to be there with them uh, to help them become better quarterbacks for the Patriots. And if he's absent or if there's something going on with him, it's going to be an even longer season. Yeah, it is. Uh, we only need the, the veterans. Edelman, Sanu, having a really good training camp. They've got to step it up. I'm looking forward to seeing Nikhil Harry in his second year, what he's able to do. Uh, such an interesting, weird time for, for everybody, but especially a brand-new offense without without Brady under center. But, again, the offense looks as good as can be expected at this point in the season. Uh, one more person I'll talk about. It's not really offense, but it's kind of offense. Uh, Jake Bailey has been another monster in camp. He's punting like a man possessed. Very excited to see that. Um, he had a couple of kickoffs, which is always really good. I was always very curious whether uh, Jake Bailey would keep doing kickoffs or rookie Justin Rowasser would be doing it. Uh, but it seems like Jake Bailey is having a, a very good second-year jump. Yeah, absolutely, and that's kind of the reason why the the Patriots drafted him is due to that versatility, uh, due to his ability to do the kickoffs, and everything that I've read is that he's been dropping the ball down at the goal line regularly. Uh, so pretty excited to see what he brings to the table this year as he continues to develop. Uh, but I think that's it for the offense and with special teams. You know, there really hasn't been too much showing on special teams other than, you know, I, I think Kyle Duggar has been one of the, the top return men. So that's interesting to see how he's going to be utilized in his rookie season. Uh, but I, I would say that the most of the focus now should be on the Patriots defense where, you know, there's been a lot of turnover on offense. This defensive front seven is going to be almost entirely new for the Patriots in 2020. Yeah, it's funny. They kind of had their entire unit intact, and then everyone either opted out or got or left, and then here we find ourselves. Uh, and it actually is a concern. The offense, again, has looked a lot better than the defense thus far in training camp. There are a couple of goal line drills where the offensive line, not the defensive line back, had some Rex Burkhead TDs. Um it's going to be interesting, and just like the offensive line needs that chemistry and that rapport to really work as one unit, that's equally important for the defensive line. And in a Patriots, Bel uh, Belichick specifically defensive scheme, those linebackers run the show. And right now it's Jawan Bentley as kind of the, <laughs> the, the guy. Um, I guess we should talk about the Devin Ross, quote-unquote, of the defense, which is the undrafted rookie linebacker Dijon Harris who I think he came in earlier in the spring. He's uh, Arkansas, if I remember correctly. Um, he looks good. Uh, obviously, he's very raw, but he's kind of the the preseason kind of who the hell is that guy standing on the defensive side of the ball. So maybe he'll be that, that last linebacker in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so when you look at his stats, you know, he's six feet tall, 235 pounds, runs a 4640. So that's really good. And then I uh, did a 706 for his three cone. So he's a quick guy as well. Uh, I, I think when you look at the tape and what kind of skill set he brings to the table, uh, he's definitely in a Landon Roberts type. You know, Roberts, I think, was a much more polished prospect coming out of Houston back when he did, and but he's no longer on the team, and someone else has to take that role as the run-thumping defender. And I think that's where Harris steps in. I, he has definitely emerged in a very, very shallow linebacker pool to be that option for the Patriots, to be that third linebacker on the field in the way that Roberts was. Because in my head, Bentley is going to take over for that Dante Hightower role as that green dot center general for the entire defense. 
And then you have Josh Uche, who's the Patriots rookie. He has that versatility, and he's been practicing everywhere on that Patriots defensive front seven, off the ball, on the line, on the edge. And I think that means that he's going to have kind of that Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins role in that Patriots defensive front. And so that means that there's an opening for whoever that third linebacker on the field will be. Uh, you know, and there isn't many uh, – anyone else really that you can look at on that. You know, Shalik Calhoun, Brandon Copeland, Anthony Jennings, they're all outside linebackers in the sense that they're going to be on the edge. They're not going to be playing off the ball. And so you have Cash Maluia and then Therese Hall, and then you have, you know, Jajon Harris. And Harris has been the one that's really emerged. He's been getting time with the top unit. So he's someone definitely to monitor, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if he were to make the team in a very, very weak year. Yeah, uh, I know Josh Uche seems to be kind of a thus far a boom or bust kind of guy. I see a lot of Jamie Collins in him. Uh, he's great at being aggressive. He moves forward on the ball. Uh, read and react, he's not very strong at that. But again, it's his second day in the NFL, so I'm not going to give him too much of a problem. But I feel like coverage linebacker, which was a real issue for the Patriots for a couple of years, uh, might end up biting them again down the stretch when the season's definitely still going in November, no question about it. Um, there's one guy who I don't think has been – at practice at all yet. The Patriots brought him in on a two-year deal. Uh, he was with the Buccaneers and the Eagles for a while. It's Bo Allen, uh, nose tackle. He's missed the first couple practices. He's a big dude. Uh, he's 6'3", 330, very, very kind of stout. Uh, I think he's kind of a good Lawrence guy type mold, not as good as Lawrence guy, but he's kind of in that rotation. You see Bo Allen being a big part of the defensive line going forward, or is he more of like a rotational guy? I mean, I, I think he's going to be that big role. They they kind of signed him for that reason. Uh, you know, Lawrence Guy is going to be the top option. Adam Butler adds that versatility. But the Patriots needed someone to take over for the Danny Shelton snaps. Not necessarily the Danny Shelton role, because Shelton and Bo Allen are two completely different players. But Allen is a very good run defender. He has that good size that the Patriots need up front. And so I think he's going to be part of that rotation, specifically because... There's no one really competing for it. You know, they, they just brought in Darius Kilgo, who spent some time with the Patriots. Um, but every other defensive tackle on that roster is super inexperienced. Bo Allen is that veteran. That's the type of player that Bill Belichick likes to lean on in order to, you know, provide some stability in a defensive front seven that's going to be relying on so much youth. Yeah, no, it is. It's just, I'm just, it's just so interesting to see where, I guess, what direction the defense is going to take in terms of what's their base going to be. Are they going to be a 4-3? Are they going to be a 3-4? Are they going to go big nickel? There's so many interesting pieces on this on this roster and so many unknown guys trying to learn such a complicated system without that true veteran kind of high tower leader guy. Um, McCordy's still there, um, but I don't, you know, he's he's in the back by the safeties with, which I, I transitioned into Kyle Duggar. He's had a pretty good training camp so far as well. Um, do you see, based on how the offseason is going so far, how the offense is going so far, Patrick Chung no longer with the team, do you see Kyle Duggar really making an impact this season based on the camp he's had so far? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's set up to play a big role for the Patriots with Patrick Chung out with the fact that they traded Deron Harmon. I think the way that the Patriots have utilized their three safeties on defense over the past few years shows that they want to have three safeties ready to play. You're going to have Devin McCourty. He's going to be the guy. And I still think Adrian Phillips was acquired to be that Patrick Chung replacement specifically. And so the way that I view Kyle Duggar is he is a more athletic 
Duran Harmon option. You know, mm-hmm. he's going to go out there. They've been using him in the box. They've been using him deep. So there's a very real chance that they're going to bump Devin McCourty back to be the single high last line of defense and allow Duggar to be in that middle of the field role that McCourty sometimes took in those three safety options. But I think that when it comes to the number of snaps that they're going to take, there's a very real chance that Kyle Duggar could be taking over those those snaps left by uh, Deron Harmon uh, because I think there's other defensive backs that are up in competition. You know, Terrence Brooks is there, and I know that both Jason McCourty and uh, Jonathan Jones have been asked about their flexibility to play safety so they can be on the field because the Patriots want their five best defensive backs regardless on the field at any given time. And, you know, you have a really strong top three cornerback group in Stephon Gilmore, Jason McCourty, and J.C. Jackson, so other players have to show a little bit of flexibility but I, I think when it comes down to it, Duggar has that experience at safety. He has tremendous upside. And I, I think that he has a very real chance to, when we look back on it, when we look at the Patriots after the season, whatever it takes shape, he's going to be one of the most impactful rookies on the entire team. Yeah, I mean, one thing I think it's great about the season, however it's going to, to shake out, how it already has shaken out, I don't know if, if people are kind of viewing this as like an actual season or if they're just kind of playing football until they're not allowed to play anymore. And while it would be great if the Patriots played the whole season and won some version of the Super Bowl, I'd take that and run with it, obviously. But I feel like we're going to look at 2020 as kind of like a, an asterisk year, regardless of how it really shakes out. And a lot of these rookies, given the roster, given the kind of circumstances, are going to get some really nice opportunities to get some really meaningful reps in for what will hopefully be the first real full season uh, in 2021. So if this season becomes like a whole big preseason and everyone's kind of redshirted and no one knows what's going on and the Patriots just start experimenting a lot, I'd be okay with that. And a guy like Kyle Duggar, I think, can really benefit from that kind of real in-game experience because being from a D2 school where he was clearly the most athletic one by leaps and bounds, he's now kind of among his athletic peers, and that might be a bit of an ego check for some guys like him. Um, so I'll be very curious to see if he, once he gets down in the box in that Pat Chung role, and he goes and he makes that, that blitz and just gets stood up by some <laughs> stud guard and knocked on his behind, uh, if he can get back up and really dominate. I think a whole season of just kind of just wondering what the hell is going on will really benefit him there. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, one of my favorite scouting sort of lines around Duggar was exactly what you said is that he was just like so much more athletic than anyone else that he was playing with that he looked bored that just blew my mind as part of a scouting description and I'm like I I want to see what he will look like when he's not bored when he has his when he has to put in that 100% effort at all the time because he was still the best player when he wasn't really trying so I'm interested to see what happens there kind of to that point Alec Every year, there seems to be some sort of Patriots veteran who is a surprise cut as a result of either some younger player emerging or someone else really stepping up. Looking at the Patriots right now, you know, we've seen Cyrus Jones get moved in the past. We've seen, you know, other, you know, basically they're all defensive backs. They all get moved. (laughs) But when it comes down to it. Looking at this Patriots roster, who do you think is the surprise, you know, veteran, experienced guy that might not make it to the final roster? Yeah, that's a really good question because I feel like of, of years past, it's always like some heart and soul of the team, kind of Logan Mankins, Lawyer Malloy kind of guy. Um, but with this offseason where they're just kind of trying to fill up an entire roster, 
Like, I just don't see them cutting, like, Devin McCourty. That's just not going to happen this year, right? That's usually the kind of the caliber of player we're talking about when we see these kind of, oh, my God, I cannot believe the Patriots cut this guy. What's Belichick thinking? Uh, I don't think there's anybody of that caliber the Patriots can really spare this season based on the uh, just the, the roster dynamics and the IRs and coronavirus and all that stuff. Um, but one guy I think might be finally, um, I don't know if it's a surprise cut, but one guy I can see, I'll give you two. Um, one, one guy that I think could be a his tenure to the page coming to a disappointing end is Derek Rivers. Um, I've heard nothing about him so far in these early days of training camp. And although they're a little weak on the defensive line right now, I just wonder if there's some scenario where he, they just kind of finally decided to just, just kind of cut ways with, uh, part ways with, with Derek Rivers and, they just kind of just cut their losses. He's had a very disappointing career so far in the Patriots, and that might just kind of be it. Um, in terms of a absolutely ridiculous cut, how they cut this guy, I'll go with Rex Burkhead. Um, probably not, because he's getting a lot of first-team reps, and Sony Michelle and Damian, uh, and Lamar Miller are on the pop list. But Damian Harris emerges. James White's the, the catching back. Uh, maybe he's a guy who's, even though he restructured his contract, he's of the caliber of the surprise cuts where you kind of left scratching your head. He, of all the guys on that list, he's the one that's probably the most expendable. Uh, I don't see it happening, but you never know. Yeah, no, I, I think that's uh, that's a good choice. He's kind of, I feel like he's been my choice uh, since they drafted Damian Harris, but I don't know if he's going to get moved. The one that I'm expecting, such just wondering about, is JoJuan Williams, who was the Patriots' second-round pick last year out of Vanderbilt. He just didn't crack the depth chart at all last year. You know who was behind Stephon Gilmore, Jason McCourty, Jonathan Jones, J.C. Jackson. That's a really strong top four right there. And then you add in the fact that the Patriots just traded for and acquired Mike Jackson uh, from the Detroit Lions, and they also have veteran Justin Bethel. There's just a very deep cornerback room where unless there's an injury or something, the Patriots are going to have to keep six cornerbacks in order for Williams to stay on that team. You know, I'm looking at the Patriots special teams unit, looking at Brandon King, who's on the pup list. You have, you know, Patrick Chung, Brandon Bolden. All of these are special teams mainstays for the Patriots. And so as a result, I feel like Justin Bethel's role on the team is getting more and more safe. And also he's an all-pro special teamer, so come on now. And so when it comes to what the heck are the Patriots going to do with JoJuan Williams, I feel like he has always had a very steep uphill battle to get playing time on the team. But based off of, you know, what are the Patriots going to do with their, you know, precious roster spots, I feel like Williams could be expendable. So you're telling me, Rich Hill, after all these years of covering the Patriots, you're going to consider a second-round draft pick DB as a surprise cut from the Patriots? <laughs> I, like I, I, like I don't even know you anymore, man. Uh, I'm going out on a limb with that one, too. You know, <laughs> next one I'll be talking about an early-round wide receiver who hasn't really emerged. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, there's going to be a lot more movement over the coming weeks. I, I mean, there have only really been two practices so far. I am most curious, Alec, and I'm curious to know what you think or what you are most excited to watch. But over the next week, between this podcast and next podcast, I am very, very excited to see uh, which of the wide receivers start to emerge. You know, I, I think that's been the case. Mohamed Sanu has been credited as being the best route runner, as Edelman hasn't necessarily been available. Harry has been a very good blocker. So you have some players showing some good traits, but I would like some players other than uh, Devin Ross to really emerge as making good plays on the field. So I will definitely be watching that positional group over the next week. 
Definitely. So will I. It's real exciting. I'm very excited to see what Julian Edelman can do with this new receiving core as well. Um, I'm going to go kind of in a sub-tier of the quarterback battle, uh, because that's the obvious answer. But what I'm very curious to watch and enjoy is how the offensive line reacts to the different quarterbacks as they're in there. Because Stidham and Cam Newton are obviously very different players, very different skill sets, bring very different kind of abilities to the table, and how the offensive line reacts when those guys are in there and the plays they're calling. I think we'll maybe go a long way towards deciding who does get the starting job. Uh, if Newton and Stidham, for example, are kind of neck and neck and how they're doing, how successful they are, uh, if the offensive line just blocks better with Stidham in, for example, or they're able to get the run game going better with Newton in, for example, I'm very curious to see whether the offensive line quarterback chemistry skews one way or another as these two duke it out, and if that'll have an impact on who is under center come September 13th, whenever it is. Yeah, I mean, and when you look at the Patriots' strength, it's definitely part of their offensive line. That's where a lot of their value is. Uh, seeing how David Andrews returns to form, but that is a lot of strength, and you kind of want to lean on your strengths in these types of a season. So go where they are providing the best impact for their offense if all else is equal. Uh, but yeah, definitely a lot to monitor. We'll have it all on patspulpit.com. Alec, do you have any final thoughts on the you know midway through the Patriots' first week of training camp? One week at a time, man. As long as there's football on TV, I'm happy. Absolutely. And until next time, Alec, you have a good one. See you, bud. Later, man.